The day my mother found out she was pregnant, my father told her to end the pregnancy or he would leave her. She chose me. He was gone before I took my first breath. As a single, uneducated mother in Villaflores, Mama struggled every day to provide for us. As a young girl, I would think about my future. Would I ever become someone? The voices of my neighborhood said, you're just a poor child. Your future is set. You will never become anything. I needed someone to change my future. I joined the compassion program at my church. I shared my dream with my sponsor. My sponsor's reply was simple. Yanelli, I love you, and I believe in you. Sometimes you can't believe in a dream until someone else believes it with you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. My name is Yanelli Suero. Doctor, wife, mother, and a precious daughter of God. Right now, there are millions of children all over the world who are desperate for someone to believe in their future, just like I was. On this Compassion Sunday, you can tell a child in poverty you believe in their future. So very powerful. Good morning, Three Circle Church. Great to be with you today on what we're calling Compassion Sunday. We're taking a little break from the Elijah series for all of our campuses joining us right now. Uh, Compassion Sunday is happening at every single one of our campuses. Now, let me just remind you uh, who we are as a church. Three Circle Church, our name, the very name Three Circle Church means global, regional, glo uh, and uh, local. So local, regional, global. Now, the reason we say that is because we decided we would be a church that would go all over the world and reach people, but also we were going to do what needed to be done in our own communities. We wouldn't sacrifice one for the other. But that also means we refuse to just reach our communities here and not go all over the world. That's who we are. So as a church, what we've tried to do for you, now this, our job is many things as, as a church to, to serve you. But one thing we're to do is we're to find the best ways for you to spend your resources and your time. 
And one of the best ways we believe to do that is for us to go out and vet for you the best organizations that are doing ministry in, on, on, on earth for us to connect with. Because you don't have time to do that. You, you've got families to raise and work to do. We get all that. So our job is to go out and do the research. And that's what we've done. We have done extensive research to find a handful of ministries for us to lock arms with. And we're glad to say Three, Three Circle Church is a partner with Compassion International. Now, the way we did that is we've gone on trips, we've gone to see what they do, but really the big one for us is Nan and I got invited to go to Kenya and Uganda with Compassion International to see on the ground what they were doing, and it was amazing. Here's a picture from that trip that we took. That's Nan and I at one of the uh, uh, programs where we were here in Uganda. There's a school there's uh, also a church, and that's the beautiful thing. Compassion International does not ever do anything without a local church. So there's plenty of organizations that feed people and give people water, and we're grateful for them, but we needed a, an organization that, that dealt with spiritual and physical needs. Does that make sense, church? Compassion International does that. Everything they do is with a church. If you find compassion, there's going to be a church, there's going to be medical care, there's going to be feeding, and there's going to be education. All of that is happening. They meet all of those needs for every single child. And it is stunning uh, what they do. So today, to tell you a little bit more about them, before we get into the Word of God, we actually invited a friend of mine who was a compassion child. Here's a person whose compassion changed her life. And you're going to hear her story now. I would love for you to welcome to the stage my good friend, Miss Cecilia. Right, Cecilia. Good morning. Yes, it's welcome. Still morning. <laughs> yes, it's still morning. Yeah, we're kind of going back and forth between campuses, and and all of our campuses are joining us right now as well. And it's just so on, we're honored to have you with us. And uh, sorry you. it was so cold. You know, it's getting better. Yeah. Well, that's how it works. You wake up and it's cold, and at night you're running your air conditioner. Welcome to South Alabama. That's how it is. Really glad to hear. I met Cecilia. My wife and I were with Compassion at a farm in Alabama for a big meeting uh, with different folks, and Cecilia came to tell her story. And we were there in the woods in Alabama, and they had these ATV courses. And Cecilia ended up on my ATV that I was driving. You made me get into your ATV. Yeah, I, I scared her real bad. So she likes to say that she survived all the things she survived in childhood to almost die on the side of a mountain in Alabama with a pastor driving an ATV. So. And uh, I'm just here to be a blessing, Cecilia. So, But we want to hear your story. You have an incredible story. You were a compassion child. It changed your life. It changed your family's life. And today is we have Compassion Sunday, and hopefully many, many people will go, hey, I want to lock arms with this organization as well. I'd love for them to hear how it changed your life. Wow. Um, hi. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> well, um, as you say, my name is Cecilia. Um, I came in last evening, afternoon, morning, last evening from Memphis, Tennessee, but I'm originally from Kenya. I grew up in a small village in western Kenya uh, to parents who were subsistence farmers. They're seeing Nick. cute pictures of you Oh, right now. yeah. I was cute then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just hold that slide there. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so my parents were subsistence farmers, meaning they grew things on the farm. If anything grew, then we had food, and if nothing grew on the farm, then we didn't have food. Um, there were moments where we had food, there were moments where we didn't have food, and many days there was no food. Uh, my parents were alcoholics, and many days they would disappear from home. We would not know where they've gone on one of their drinking sprees. They would disappear. 
Then they would come home after several days. And when they came back home, it was all fighting and violence back home. So many days we would wake up, not know if we were going to have a meal or not. We would not know where our parents were that day. And we could only hope that one day we would even step into a school because my parents never went to school. So they did not see the need to put any of us in school. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I am here today because someone gave me that hope. I'm here today. I have a future because somebody took that step one day and decided to sponsor Cecilia. I'm so grateful because God changes our stories. I would not be here today, but I'm grateful because one day my uncle came home and told my mom that he was going to help her. And how was he going to do that? He said, I'm going to take one of your children. I'm going to live with this child in Nairobi. I'm going to put this child in school. And I hope that one day this child will come back and change this family. And just so they know, school mm -hmm. is not free Oh yes, in school is not free. In Kenya. Yeah, it's not free in Kenya. So he took me to Nairobi, and he put me in school, but he could not keep me in school because he could not afford to pay for me and my cousins. So I was in and out of school most of the time. I would go to school. They would send me home. Hey, go bring this money. It's not enough. I go home. There's no money. I know there's no money there, but I would go home, stay there for a while, get a little money, send me back to school. It's not enough. Go back. So that was it, back and forth, back and forth. And I really desire to stay in school, not just to go to school, but to stay in school. And I'm grateful that one day my grade three teacher forwarded my name to the Compassion Social Workers when they came to our school looking for needy children. I got enrolled in the Compassion Program, and that is when my life began to change. I not only stayed in school, I not only went to school, but I was able to stay in school. I went to the Compassion Project every Saturday because Monday to Friday we're in school, but every Saturday we'll go to the project inside the local church, and we would learn the word of God. We would play, we would eat, we would forget about our problems and just be children for that one day. Play, eat, and have fun. And for some of us, that was the first time we were eating like meat, like in a whole week. Like wow. those food are the project. Wow. And for me, just being able to learn the word of God and giving my life to Christ because a social worker there shared with me the love of God. And that was the best decision I've ever made because, yeah. praise God. Because from there, I learned that I could pray that God would change our family. That we would not just be known as that family where their parents are always drunk or they're never there. But God would change that story. He would rewrite that story. After many years of prayer, God actually did it. My parents stopped drinking. And they started going to church. And that was amazing. something I never thought would yeah, have been possible. Praise God. Pretty amazing. So, Cecilia, what's amazing about Compassion International, I saw it with my own eyes, is that Compassion meets the physical and the spiritual needs. So you mentioned it. Church, introduction to Jesus, discipled in the Word of God, uh, physical needs. So you began to get nutrition that you didn't get. Uh, you began to get an education that was consistent, which we'll talk a little bit more about just how far that took you, which is pretty awesome. Well, I'll just go ahead and tell them. So Cecilia has her doctorate in geophysics, folks. 
She is, yeah. What that means is, while she's been sitting there, she has forgotten more than I know, just, just by sitting there, you know what I mean? That's how smart Cecilia is. And so uh, you know it's true, don't be too humble now. And so, but all that started, again, the educational side of it. And then, um, but, but the other thing that's important is that medical piece. You get medical care, you, in, in, in where you grew up in Kenya, if you end up at an emergency at a hospital, they can turn you away if you don't have money, uh, and that happened to your family. Would you tell them the very, it's a tragic story about you losing several siblings to a lack of medical care? Yeah, uh, like you've just said, um, if you go to the ER here, I believe they will treat you if That's you right. are sick. But in Kenya, if you go to a hospital and you don't have money, Nobody will even ask you what you're doing there. Nobody will take care of you. We have had people die even in the, just in the waiting area because they don't have money. Um, <coughs> sorry, I lost two of my brothers um, to diseases that could have been preventable, but we could not afford to pay for them to go to a hospital. And um, since my mom could not afford to go to hospital whenever she was pregnant, she always gave birth at home. <coughs> and uh, one um, day she was giving birth to one of my sisters at home. And due to lack of proper medical care, my sister passed away um, during childbirth. So, so three siblings. Three that you siblings lost. Uh, yeah, that I lost through just not being able to uh, get medical right. care. And I don't take that for granted because growing up for us, we were malnourished because, we, as I mentioned, we didn't have food. Or if we had food, it was not the right kind of food that we would right. have any time. So that, for me, just being able to go to get medical care, and that might be one of the reasons why I'm here today because I'm alive because I was able to get that attention, medical care. I'm alive because somebody took that opportunity to share the little they had with me. And um, if you put the next slide, um, I was able to meet my sponsors. Yeah, the sponsors. <laughs> Bob and there. Colleen Staggs from Ames, Iowa. Just normal Iowa. people, Bob yes. and Colleen, right? <laughs> yes. Bob and Colleen Staggs changed my life. Yeah. They had a relationship with me. Because they, they wrote, picked up a packet, right? They picked up a packet, and to mention this, when they picked up a packet, they were looking for a boy. Mm. <laughs> they shared a birthday with their grandson. Okay. But they picked my packet. The first picture, I had very short hair, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so they took my packet home, right. and they told me they decided they were not going to return that packet. And they sponsored me all through until the leadership Changed development program. And that's the reason I'm here today. This was a day for me to say thank you for all that you have done. Wow. Thank you for not just changing my life, but changing my family. I, my husband and I drove to Ames, Iowa one spring break uh, to spend uh, spring break with my sponsors. And that was me there reading my letters that oh, I had goodness. written to my sponsors. So they sent you letters all they those years. They sent me letters. I wrote them letters, and they kept a folder with my name, yeah, Cecilia. you're not supposed to make me cry out here, Cecilia. Come on <laughs> no, now. No, no, That's God. so powerful. That was so sweet. Like oh, They kept man. all those letters, and they have not stopped sponsoring now. Oh, man. My family, my husband and I, and our daughter, we are also sponsoring now. With you guys compassion. now sponsor. Yep. Yes, because I know what it means to be that child yep. right there, yep. waiting for someone to pick you up. And speak hope and give you that hope so that even me now, I can share that hope out with someone else because right. I received that hope and that love from somebody I did not know. 
Yeah. That's Cecilia <laughs> with her daughter and her husband. And uh, Cecilia, thank you for sharing you. your story with us today. Y'all give it up so for thank you. an incredible person. Appreciate you. Thank you. So Cecilia is one of countless children throughout the decades whose lives have been changed. Uh, my wife and I and our family sponsor a child, and before this weekend ends, we're going to sponsor another child. We're excited about that. Uh, I want to pray for us before we go into the Word of God now. Jesus, thank you for the story we just heard from Cecilia. And I pray in the next few moments that we have that, that you would just, that this would not be in any way manipulative or co coercive in any way, but instead it'd just be an inspiring time for us to ask ourselves, what can we do to help change a life? And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we, we sponsor uh, a child, uh, a little boy. His name is Omari. And the reason, so we had a Compassion Sunday about six, seven years ago. And at the time, Omari Cooper was the uh, wide receiver for Alabama. And when we were walking through looking, our kids were like, oh, Omari, that's our guy. So that's how Omari ended up as a part of the Bell family. And Omari's a part of our family. We write him letters and send him gifts. And I hope we hope to meet Omari one day. And it's an unbelievable experience. What Compassion International does is incredible. It's one of the greatest organizations I've ever seen. And I went. We got on a plane so that I could stand in front of you and go, hey, guys, we've seen it. We, we've seen what happens there. Uh, we've seen how lives are changed. And, and it, was, it was an incredible, incredible trip that we were able to take there. So what we want is we want for you to hear some of that. Uh, did I show you pictures of mine and Nan's trip already? Have I done that? I can't remember. I'm at, all, I'm at different campuses this morning. Let me show it to you again. Y'all put it up there again. Uh, I want them to see that one more time. Uh, this place, I just want to make sure you understand, we are standing at a place where we're about to go worship. And now I want you to see what the worship sounded like. That's what I didn't show you. Here's what the service sounded like that morning. Check it out. I don't know what they're saying, but it sure is pretty, isn't it? So powerful. That's what a compassion, that's what it looks like. That's what they're doing all over the world. And so I am proud to stand in front of you and say this is something that we do as a church. Now the first statement I want to teach you today, because we're going to look at Jesus feeding the 5,000, but we're not going to actually look at the miracle of feeding the 5,000. We know he did that. I want to look at what led to it. And I think it has a lot to say to us on this very special day. The big idea is this. We cannot do everything, but we must do something. That's a, that's a tagline here at Three Circle. We say it a lot. We can't do everything. There are monumental and endless needs in the world right now. And if you're like me, you get overwhelmed looking at it. Do you ever look at the world and you go, how can I even make a dent in this? There's so much going on. Every, there's need everywhere. How can we make any difference? God doesn't ask you to do everything. He's got that under control. He raises people up all over the place. What he does ask is that we do something, that we do our part. And so Compassion International helps us do that. They're able, they have a mechanism all over the world to do things if we're willing to partner with them. And so today I want us to look, and what we're going to learn today is not just for you to pick up a packet today, which I hope everyone will. I hope everyone will. I want, to, I want to sponsor every packet that came this weekend to our church. I want every kid to get sponsored. But 
I want God to lead you into that. What we're going to hear today is something we can apply to our lives in general about the idea of compassion. So Jesus, what led to the feeding of the 5,000 is that Jesus sent his disciples out to do ministry. He sent them out. He put them together, gave them some instructions, and they went out. And it went really well. So well that they got a big crowd. Like, all you got to do is cast out a few demons, heal some people, and suddenly everybody's there. You know? So people are showing up from all over the place. They got a huge crowd, and they're worn out. They did this all day long. They get back to Jesus, and they are spent. They have nothing left to give. In Mark 6, 31, Jesus loves his disciples. He says to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. He knows they can't do everything. He knows they're limited. Do you notice that? He's like, it's time for you to rest. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. So they had not been able to rest, and they're starving. <clears throat> so Jesus says, hey, we got to move on. we gotta, we got to get you some rest. Write this down. Living on mission can be exhausting. We all have a mission, and it can be exhausting. We understand that you have kids to raise and careers, and you're going to work hard all week, and you worked hard all last week, and you're tired, and your kids are in sports, and your kids are doing stuff, or, or maybe you're trying to see your grandkids across the country. Life is exhausting. Can I get an amen? For every one of us at all of our campuses. And it doesn't matter if you're in Thomasville or downtown Mobile or Fairhope or Daphne today. Life is just exhausting. But we're still called as Christians to live on mission. We are to live our lives on mission. And Galatians tells us, let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So God knows we're going to get tired, but he warns us, don't grow weary. Tired and weary are two different things. Tired is when we get exhausted and tired and we get a little rest and we go back to the mission. Weary is when you give up. Notice what he said there in Galatians. Weary leads you to just stop. Weary is when you go, I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to do anything. There's so much need, I don't know where to begin, so I'm just throwing my hands up. I, got not, I can't do anything about it. Good luck, everybody. I'm just going to live a nice, quiet life here uh, in South Alabama, and I'm going to go to heaven. And, and, and you know what? That is not what God has called us to do. He says, don't grow weary. It's okay to get tired. Don't let yourself get weary. Don't give up. We've got to keep going. That's our mission. So what happens is, is they cross the, the lake to try to get to a spot where they can rest. And guess who follows them? The entire crowd. They want more. They get to the other side, and the Bible famously in verse 34 says, when Jesus went ashore, he saw the great crowd, and he had what? Compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Now, Compassion International base their ministry off of Jesus in the same way we do. We're imitating Christ. And what we see here first is that Jesus felt something for them, but it did not stop there. We know the miracle. He had compassion that resulted in action. And that's real compassion. Compassion that never goes to action is just sentimentality. That doesn't change anyone's life. So right now, I bet you feel something after hearing Cecilia's story. It's impossible not to, right? It's impossible to see those, the videos you saw, see the pictures. It's impossible for you to not feel. And I'm glad you feel, but I want you to do. So compassion is not compassion until we've done something. Compassion requires action. It's not just something you feel. It's something that is compelling you to move forward. Uh, folks, the road to nowhere is paved with good intentions. Good intentions isn't going to get us there. It's what will we do with what we have? See, people on mission act on what we see. We see the needs, and then we do something 
We can't meet every need. Three circles not doing ministry in every country in the world. We wish we could, but we simply can't. So we pray and we let God open doors. And that's why we go really deep in a handful of areas. And we only work with organizations that we know we can stand in front of you and say, we know this organization. We know what they're doing. And you can trust them because we trust them. That's important for us. Living on mission also, we learn from Jesus, includes meeting both physical and spiritual needs. Notice that Jesus, we all know the story. He is about to take care of their physical needs. They're all hungry. He's going to feed them the best fish sandwiches anyone's ever had. Okay, it's coming. It's going to be amazing. This is no uh, McFish sandwich from Mackey D's, all right, as great as I'm sure that uh, culinary delight is. This is even better than like a grouper sandwich from the Gulf down in Gulf Shores, Orange Beach. You don't even like those. I think they're good. I've had a few. No, no, we're talking incredible. He's going to meet their physical needs. But notice before he does, look what it says. He has compassion on them. And what's the first action his feelings led him to? Feeding them spiritually. And he taught them many things. They're all tired. But Jesus felt something, and he understands he's looking at a crowd of people, and one thing every one of them has in common, they are physical and spiritual beings. That's what humans are. And both spirit and body has needs. And he's going to meet both of those needs. But the first thing he does is before he fills their bellies, he's going to fill their hearts. And he teaches them. That's what this organization does. We would not stand in front of you for an organization that doesn't also meet the spiritual need. There's plenty of organizations that put foods in belly, food in bellies, and we are glad for them. We're glad for organizations that dig wells for water, but we want to partner with people that also deal with the spiritual. That's why I love what they do. They are feeding bellies and feeding hearts, and that's what Jesus did. Jesus saw them, had compassion on them. Now, the problem is, we didn't put it in your handout there. You can go read the whole story. The problem is the disciples did not feel the same way Jesus did. Because they're tired. They're worn out. And Jesus said they were going to rest. And now they're not resting. So Jesus looks at them and says, hey, they're hungry. We need to do something about it. And they said, no, 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 no. We need to send them away. They need to go figure it out. We've been helping these people all day long. I know there's Bob over there. I helped him this morning. There's Jim. I helped him this morning too. That guy over there couldn't walk. Look, he's fine now. He can go get some food. The disciples don't want to help them anymore. They want a break. And see, Jesus looks at them and says, you feed them. It's an incredible line. You see it in the Bible. Go go, go read the whole story. Jesus says, no, you're going to feed them. And he means spiritual and physical. That's all of our call. Our call is when we, we do everything we can. When God drops people into our lives, we don't let them starve spiritually. and fit. We do everything we can to help people. That's what Christians do, and it wears us out. And I hope we're all worn out when we end this life and go to heaven like we gave it all we had. That's our call. So what I want you to understand is the temptation for all of us, like the disciples, is towards deflection. But the call of Jesus is towards responsibility. We want to deflect. Someone else will do it. But no, no, Jesus says, no, you, you, it's on you, it's on us. we got to do something. And you don't have to go, notice Jesus didn't tell them to go feed everybody in the world. He said, no, you're going to feed this need that's in front of you, though. You see that? He doesn't say you go do everything. He says, do this thing. Look, there's, there's tons of organizations we could put in front of you today, but this is the one that God's put in front of us today, this one. You, 
we feed them. We do something about them. So they're going, well, it's going to cost too much. In fact, you know the disciples had an accountant. His name was Philip. And like, and all you accountants in the room, I appreciate you, but you always got a number, right? So he's already computing everything, and he's like, look, it will cost us over a year's wages just to even get started. Like they, they, they'll get a little appetizer for a year's wages. We cannot feed this many people. You know it wasn't 5,000, it was 20,000. It was 5,000 men. They only counted the men. Add women and children, you get to 20,000. Easy. This is a massive crowd. It's like going to an NBA game, sitting out there in a field. Incredible size of a crowd. And they're like, we can't feed them. And Jesus does something interesting. Look what he says in verse 38. He says, he doesn't even entertain what they're saying to him. He just ignores them and he says, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And they found out and they said, we have five loaves and two fish. Watch this. When we count our cost, God counts our resources. And in fact, we wanted you to know this so well and drive it into your heart. We put it twice in the handout. It's on the other side too. Now you all thought that we made a printing mistake. And indeed we did. But our Lord has used it sovereignly. What we meant for confusion, the Lord has meant for good. So write it down twice. He cost. We count our cost. He counts our resources. So basically what God looked at is he said, Jesus looked at him and said, don't, don't tell me about how much it's going to cost. Don't tell me what we can't do. Tell me what you have. Tell me how much bread you have. That's what Jesus says. Don't tell me how big the needs are in all the world. I didn't ask you to change the world. I'm asking you, how much bread do you have? Let me be honest with you about my house. We got some bread, y'all. Nobody going hungry in my house. Oh, we're not just rolling around in it. I'm not Elon Musk or anything. But no one's going hungry at my house. You know what I know? I know we got plenty of bread. My kids want a pair of shoes, we'll go buy them. If I need a shirt, we'll go buy the shirt. You know, if my car get, breaks down tomorrow... It's not going to change our lives. We can go get it fixed. I'm just being honest with you here. And many of you are in the same way. Many of you are going to go somewhere for lunch today or you're going to go home. you got a pantry full of food. I know that's not everyone's story. But most of us, because of where we live, just in our country in general, we got some bread, y'all. And Jesus isn't telling you to go change the whole world. What he says is, give me some bread because you've got some. Here's what I love about Compassion International. They did not ask me and my family to go meet all the needs for Omari, our sponsor child. We don't even know how to begin to do that. He needs medical care, educational care. He needs community. He needs a church. We can't do all that. Compassion says, you know, we're not asking you to do all that. We'll do all that. Watch this. Compassion says, would you just give us a couple of pieces of your bread? Because you've got plenty. If you will give us a couple of slices of bread, we'll go change that kid's life. That's all we need you to do. Would you give us a piece of your bread? And we said a few years ago, you know what? We easily can give you a piece of bread. We've got plenty of bread. And this weekend, we're going to go, we've got some more bread. We're going to sponsor another child before this weekend's over. We're excited about that. And all I'm asking you to do as a church today is I'm asking in every sense, not just for Compassion International, I'm talking about in our lives. Instead of counting what it's going to cost us, what if we began to say, this is what we have? That's a better way of looking at it. So we all know what Jesus did, right? Jesus, uh, in verse 41, took the five loaves and two fish, looks up to heaven, says a blessing, breaks the loaves, gave them to the disciples to set before the people. He divided the two fish among them all. 
and they all ate and they were all satisfied. So I'd ask you in the end today, how many loaves do you have? How much bread do you have? So the founder, the founding guy of Compassion, I got to spend some time with him and one day we're going to have him come speak at our church. He's an amazing godly man. Wes Stafford, I want you to hear this. He was looking, I asked him to tell me the story. Wes grew up on the mission field. He watched half of his childhood friends die on the mission field out in the deserts in Africa. He watched them die of diseases they didn't have to die of. And then he comes back to the United States as a young man, as a teenager. He comes back with his family, and he didn't realize because he had grown up. He didn't know anything else. He comes back, and he realizes we have the first pharmacy ever walked into. There's medicine everywhere. And he asked the guy, the pharmacist, about the disease his friends had died from, and the guy said, oh, oh, that we, we have a shot we give, and you can't even catch that anymore. And he was devastated. And in his mind, he thought, there's a country, America, that's got all of this stuff, and everybody else, these people in the world are dying. It didn't have to happen. And he said he spent several years as a young man despising the United States because he thought it was the greediest country in the world. He said, Chris, and then I realized one day, after watching it, that Americans are actually the most generous nation that has ever existed. There's never been a nation like America that wants to go save the world and give. He said the problem was Americans didn't know. They didn't know what was going on. And so he said, my life mission became bridging the gap between people with plenty of bread and people that needed it. He said all they needed was a bridge. And what I've seen is Americans will cross that bridge if someone will just tell them. And that's what he's been doing all these years. And that's why we join with him. And so my question to you today is, how much bread do you have? How much bread do we have? And are we willing to let God use that? My hope is that we will make a big difference today. Today, before we leave. Let me pray with you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this day, Compassion Sunday. May we be people of compassion, and today may we just take a small step towards that as a church family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.